The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast, and we are one night removed from the end of the NBA regular season and looking forward to an exciting set of first-round matchups. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get into, all those matchups and all the regular season awards that we think, and we'll give our picks who we think should win those awards. And on the line, joining me from the Bay Area, California, diehard Houston Rockets fan, Syed. What's up, Syed? How's it going? Doing good. Uh, probably one of the better MVP races uh, I've seen in my lifetime. So let's go ahead and get into the regular season awards, and we'll start with that exciting MVP race. Uh, who's your pick? Yeah, I think Harden had a really good year, and uh, they had a great first half as a team. And if they would have kept that up, I think I would have picked him. But I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Even though I don't think he's the best player in the league, and I don't think like he, he necessarily made his team better, or that his stats made them a better team, but he's the best personal stats, I think, in the NBA. So uh, MVP, I think I'd give to him. All right, fair enough. I don't think you can, re- you can go wrong either way, but uh, for me, I'm going to go Harden. I've been going Harden all year. Uh, I I just think he's been an MVP throughout the entire season, and I just don't think I I would give it to Westbrook just because he's averaging two more rebounds per game. And although he did have the most triple-doubles in the entire season, he was the first uh, player to average a triple-double since Oscar Robertson in the 1960s. He had a spectacular season. I just think the supporting cast between both teams are pretty, pretty similar, pretty equal. And uh, I think Harden has elevated his team to a higher uh, ceiling as opposed to the Thunder. I mean, the the Rockets are kind of, I mean, they're maybe not like a one of the top title contenders, but they're kind of in there in, the, in that contention to kind of contend for a Western Conference title, although they may not win it and they're not the favorites to win it. They're probably two teams ahead of them. And the Thunder, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody sees them even going past the second round. I mean... At best, they get to the second round. I mean, but we'll see what happens there. So, I mean, based on that, I think the Rockets came in with an over-under 41 to begin the season. They've achieved overachieved by 14 games. And like I said, uh, Harden, I mean, he's been absolutely spectacular. If you look at most of the efficiency numbers between him and Westbrook, he's he's better at most, most of them. And I, I think he's kind of made his teammates better. I mean... Although Westbrook has had the the triple double, I think it's been kind of been a, an effect of high usage rate, a lot of shots, a lot of ball stopping activity, and and if you want to make the argument about supporting cast, I can make the argument. I think you can make a pretty decent argument that Oklahoma City supporting cast is actually better than Houston's. So, were you going to say something, Syed? I agree with the, like your points and. 
you know, I, I do think Harden's made his team better. I agree with that. And I, I think the Rockets are probably the biggest challenge to, to the Warriors in the West. Um, no offense to the Spurs. I just don't think they can they can deal with the with the Warriors. But, you know, and, and I think, you know, Westbrook's stats are inflated. Um, I mean, he, he took 400 more shots than anybody else in the NBA. He took more shots this year than Allen Iverson ever put up in a year. Uh, and Allen Iverson was considered a chucker. Um, so, you know, I agree with a lot of all the things that you said, but it, it's hard to say that Westbrook's not the MVP this year. All right, fair enough. Uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Uh, I think, like I said, you can't go wrong either way, and we'll see wh- where the where the media go with, goes with that decision. It's probably leaning towards more towards Westbrook just because of the spectacular last couple games that he had, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll move into the next award. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, who do you think for this one? You think Kawhi for the third straight season, or you think someone else overtakes him this time? No, I, th- I think Kawhi's... Uh had a solid year, but I think I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. I think, um, you know, he's had a tremendous year, I think, and the shot-blocking presence that he brings to the Jazz. Um, I think he's been the most impactful player on defense. Um, and I definitely think Draymond Green's overrated. I'm going to throw that out there, too. Oh, man. Just as of, I was about to discuss Draymond Green, I'm kind of going back and forth between Gobert and... Draymond Green, I mean, I think Draymond Green has really uh, picked it up lately and it br- brought uh, when Durant was out and brought the Warriors' defensive effort back to kind of where it was, their, I guess, their first season where they won the 65-plus games. So I don't, I don't, I'm kind of uh, juggling with this. So, But I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, this one's really tough. Do I go French rejection or a guy that a lot of people hate in the NBA and a lot of fans hate? So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you don't vote for him, he might kick you in the in the groin area. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. Okay, I can't. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Gobert. I think uh, new fun story. So, and uh, a big man hasn't gotten it in a while since Dwight Howard. So, uh, we'll go with Gobert. We'll agree on that one. And uh, uh, next award, we'll get into uh, sixth man of the year. What do you think? Six minutes. I think you have to give it to Eric Gordon. You know, uh, I think there's a couple other candidates out there. Lou, Lou Williams actually on the Rockets as well. But um, I think Eric Gordon, the, the way he's played this year, I think uh, I'd give it to him. All right. Yeah, for me, I'm probably going uh, Lou Williams or uh, Andre Iguodala. But uh, I, I just think uh, Lou Williams' uh, kind of a three-point uh, ability and his his scoring, uh, the threat of his scoring, I think, outweighs what Iguodala has done, even though Iguodala is more of an all-around player and maybe more important to the Warriors or, I mean, than uh, Lou Williams is to the Rockets. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to go Lou Williams. I think he's been the better six-man consistently throughout the entire season. So I'm going to go Lou Williams and you're you're going with Gordon uh, from the Rockets, so with that we'll move into uh, I guess probably our last award, uh, Coach of the Year. What do you think? Stay in Houston for that one? Um. Yeah, I mean, 
I think you either have to go with Greg Popovich or Mike D'Antoni. You want to give it to the best coach? And I think Greg Popovich has done a great job this year, given that Tim Duncan's gone. I don't think <clears throat> here they have Kawhi. Um, and I think a bunch of supporting players, even LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't think he's a superstar. Um, and then they have the second-best record in the league. Um, but just given the expectations, you know, I'll give it to D'Antoni. I think that the Rockets have overachieved this year. Harden does, if I don't give Harden the MVP, I'm going to give D'Antoni the uh, coach of the year. All right, fair enough. Uh, uh, what do you think about Scott Brooks? I think that's where I'm going with my pick. I think the Wizards started off pretty bad, and then uh, it seems like he kind of uh, adjusts well and elevates kind of uh, younger talent. I mean, the Wizards... Uh, oh. I I believe we're not very we're not picked to do as well as they did as well as they finished this season, and I think he's elevated them to kind of the biggest threat in my opinion to Cleveland in the East. So I, with that, with that, Popovich is great. I mean, he's done it consistently for twenty years. Dan Tony, we all know. Uh, I mean, is a great offensive coach. I I don't think that's a, really a, a mystery or surprise to anybody, except maybe a few people who kind of. Have a, have a sort of misconception of him based on the his past his past coaching jobs more recently, but uh, everyone knows he's a great offensive coach. So with that being said, I'm going to go Scott Brooks. And uh, sorry to interrupt you. Had a, you had a thought you wanted to make? Yeah, I was going to say Scott Brooks probably might have been a candidate about a month ago, but <clears throat> I think the second half of the year, the Wizards have kind of fallen off, kind of like the Rockets as well. Okay, with that being said, I'm going to stick with Scott Brooks, and we'll agree to disagree on that one, and I guess that will do for our awards. I mean, do you really want, do you want to go into most improved player or no? Um, I think that, that one's going to go Greek Freak, and Rookie of the Year is going to be a terrible vote this year because there's no good rookies other than Embiid who played 30 games. Yeah, rookie of the year. I mean, who's? I mean, I, they can't give it Embiid, right? Is it going to be Saric or what? I think it's probably going to be Saric. How are you going to vote for someone who played thirty-one games? That's I don't know. It's going to make it seem like the baseball's Gold Glove Award. We're like uh, Kobe's first team defense award. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I mean. That's why I don't really want to get into those kind of awards. I don't, I don't really see like a, kind of a legitimate candidates. I mean, Sarge will probably get it, and then most improved, like you said, Giannis or maybe even John Wall. John Wall has been playing very, very well this season, so it could go either way. And then, but with that being said, I think that'll do it for the awards, and we'll get into the uh, the playoff matchups, and we'll start in the Western Conference. And we'll start with the defending, two-time defending Western Conference champions, the Golden State Warriors. Third straight uh, season, 65-plus wins. Only team in NBA history to do that. And they joined the Lakers, uh, the Bulls, and the Celtics as the only teams to have uh, three plus three seasons of 65-plus wins. Excuse me. And they're going to be taking on uh, Portland in the first round in the 1-8 matchup. And what do you think about this matchup? Um, probably a waste of time if you watch it. I think it's going to be a sweep and not even close. Uh, Portland can't match up with the Warriors, and they haven't for a while. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, with Nurkic, I mean, there might have been a little intrigue. They might have been able to sneak out a game just because of the size advantage and, I mean, the physicality up front. But uh, without Nurkic, I mean, unless Lillard and McCollum just, like, completely go off and outshoot Clay and Steph for a whole game, I don't think I don't see them winning a game, and I'm going to agree. I think it's a sweep. And it's just a, kind of a tune-up for uh, – Kevin Durant, I guess, coming back from his injury last Saturday and kind of getting uh, his rhythm back and getting getting the rust off of him and for further match for further matchups uh, deeper in the playoffs. So we'll, we won't waste too much time on that. We'll agree Golden State in a sweep in four games over Portland, and we'll move into the 2-7 matchup. San Antonio Spurs, uh, another 60-win season. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, emerged as one of the top five NBA MVP candidates this season and probably the best two-way player in the game. And uh, it seems like uh, he's taken on a huge load for them offensively, and due to that, his defense kind of fell off a little bit, but he's still probably the best perimeter defender in the league and probably the best on-ball on defender in the league, drawing comparisons to Scottie Pippen. And they're going to be taking on the grit-and-grind Memphis Grizzlies and what do you think about this? Uh, they've faced off a few times in past playoff matchups. Uh, who do you think wins and, and how many games? Yeah, I think this will be a close matchup. <clears throat> but, you know, I think the, the Spurs are great against everyone who's not the Warriors. So, um, I'm going to take the Spurs in six. You know, I think they have the t- team depth, and I think, you know, Popovich always has them tuned in and ready, so I don't see them losing at all. I mean the series. Oh, yeah, I think just because of the physicality, I think it'll go six, and I think the Spurs will win in six just because I think they just have more talent, and I think they're more offensively competent than Memphis is. Memphis, I mean, other than probably Gasol and Conley is not – I mean, not very potent offensively. And, I mean, for them to win, they would have to just uh, control the pace of the series, and I don't think they're going to do that with the Spurs' uh, ball movement and fast-paced offense. So Spurs and six will agree on that one. And yeah, we'll... shout-out to Memphis for giving uh, Chandler Parsons a uh, max contract. <laughs> Injury-prone Chandler Parsons. I think they're listening to all offers on that. They'll they'll send them it. They'll they'll take they'll take a second round pick at this point. <laughs> but with that being said, we'll probably move into the most intriguing uh, first round matchup. Uh, former teammates James Harden and Russell Westbrook, the top two MVP candidates, facing off against each other. And then uh, you got the little uh, wrinkle thrown in there that. With Russell Westbrook and Beverly, uh, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, excuse me, Patrick Beverly kind of uh, injured uh, Westbrook. I think four seasons ago, the, like the first game of the playoffs. So we have that wrinkle going. Uh, so kind of small subplots here and there, but the biggest plot being Harden versus Westbrook, top two MVP candidates going at it, three six matchup. Uh, what do you think? Who who wins it in how many games? Yeah, I think um, I, I I think this is where the Rockets show that, that they're a better put together team. And I, I see the Rockets winning in five here. I think James Harden's going to come out really um, 
eager to show, you know, I think he's going to come up fired, fired up that he, he didn't win MVP. He's going to want to show that he's a better player than Russell Westbrook. And I, I think he's got, you know, the, the team to deal with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Rockets are just so potent offensively. I think, uh, I mean, I believe the most three made threes in NBA history. And, I mean, it seems like everybody on their team, with the exception of probably Clint Capella, can can jack jack a shot from behind the three-point line and, and hit. I mean, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, this fast-paced offense that they run with under Dan Tony. It seems like they, they put up 110 points guaranteed pretty much every game. And it seems like they outscore most teams most nights, so I think they're gonna do <laughs> they're gonna do a lot of uh, outscoring in this series. And I think unless Russell Westbrook really goes off for four games out of seven, that's really their only chance. I think maybe he has a game, two games at best, in him where he completely goes off and just wins, reels off a win for them. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to go Houston and five in this one. I think they're just the, the far superior team, too gifted offensively, and Oklahoma City is not very great off defensively, other than Adams and Roberson probably. And I I just think the Rockets' ball movement and the three point shooting is going to be too overwhelming for Oklahoma City, and Russell Westbrook is not going to be able to uh, heroically and single-handedly beat this Rockets team. So Rockets in five, we'll agree on that one. And we'll move in the 4-5 matchup, uh, probably the most even matchup amongst all the series in the Western Conference. Uh, the Clippers versus the Jazz, both uh, both teams at 51 and 31. Clippers have home court advantage because they own the, the tiebreaker with the, season, with the 3-1 advantage in the season series. And uh, what do you think uh, about this matchup, uh, Offensive power team in the Clippers taking on a Utah Jazz team whose uh, identity is defensive, uh, led by the Stifle Tower and Rudy Gobert, and then their best player, uh, small forward Gordon Hayward. What do you think uh, happens in this series? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a tight series, and I'm tempted to say that the Jazz are going to win, but the Clippers have been playing really well the last couple of weeks. Um, even though it's hard to trust any of those players in the playoff, uh, I'm going to say that the Clippers take this one. They have home court. I'm going to say they they take this in seven. All right, uh, I'm I'm going to agree with the Clippers, but I I'm going to go in five games. I think uh, they're I, offensively the way they've been playing. They seem like they've kind of been getting back in a rhythm, and it seems like they're kind of the role guys have been uh, stepping up lately too, and. Chris Paul uh, looks like he's back in the rhythm after coming back from his injury. And I think offensively they look a lot better. But defensively, uh, they've kind of uh, had some slip-ups lately. They had a signature win probably against San Antonio on the road this past Saturday night. That's the the win that kind of cemented it, kind of uh, brought me to this conclusion about uh, Clippers winning in five games against the Jazz. I think... They've, uh, I think they, they won three of the four games in the series against the Jazz, and even though the game they lost, I think it was a very close game, and it was one they kind of blew. They probably should have won that game as well. So I think I just think the Jazz, their defensive identity is not gonna suit is not gonna be, suit them well in this series. I think the Clippers are gonna be fast paced, and I think they're gonna 
Chris Paul is going to be able to control the tempo. And I think the the bigs up front, uh, Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, I think Griffin is going to have a big series. I don't really see anybody on the Jazz stopping him just because I think Gobert will have to deal with uh, DeAndre on the glass. I don't think they have any other player to stop Griffin. So I think he's going to have a big series. And I, th- I see the Clippers winning in five. That might be a bold pick. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my intuition and go Clippers in five. You think Clippers in seven? So, with that, uh, we agree on the winners of each series in the Western Conference, not in the amount of games. So, with that being said, we'll move into the Eastern Conference, where we have uh, probably more uh, upset potential than the Western Conference, but nonetheless, uh, some intriguing matchups. Uh, we'll start with the one eight. The Boston Celtics at in the in the one seed taking on the Chicago Bulls who have who have had a roller coaster season. Uh, what do you think about this series? Any upset potential? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think when you have Wade and you have Jimmy Butler, I think you do have that potential. But it's hard to know what you're going to get from the Bulls. The, you know, they played really well against the top teams in the league. Um, the, the Clevelands, the Golden States, San Antonio, Houston. But against everyone else, uh, they kind of played down to their competition. Um, but for, for me, it's, it's hard to trust them. I think, you know, Boston's a really deep and complete team. Um, so I think Boston is going to take this. You know, I think the Bulls are going to be able to take a game or two possibly uh so i could see this series going six but boston's gonna take it yeah i haven't really liked the way boston's been playing lately but nonetheless i'm gonna take them i think they're gonna squeak this one out in seven games i think like you like you mentioned the bulls have just been a super jekyll and high team throughout the whole season uh they played uh, i think they've had i think they beat toronto three times i think they beat cleveland three times they played well against the better teams. I think they beat Golden State at home. So uh, I think they've played well against the better teams. They've shown up. And then the playoffs uh, suit their their veteran guys a lot better just because uh, there's no back-to-backs. Guys like Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, and uh, some of their other veteran guys. But most of their guys are young with the exception of those two. But uh, I, I mean... Maybe Wade has a big game. I mean, Rondo could play off Rondo. He hasn't been in the playoffs, I think, and he hasn't played a significant role, excuse me, in the playoffs in a while. So maybe he could come back and have one of those uh, playoff games that he had against Miami in like 2011, 2012. Who knows? So with that being said, I mean, and Jimmy Butler is a bona fide superstar now, so I think he's going to play well. And then Boston, I think they're inherently their problem is right that they're their go to guy is a five nine point guard. So I think you can you can throw size and length defensively on him and kind of shut him out of the game. But with that being said, uh, I don't I don't trust the Bulls consistently throughout a series to beat probably anyone at this point. But they will give Boston a good amount of trouble. And I think they will take him to seven, but Boston will ultimately win in seven games and they'll win the seventh game, seventh game at home and move on to the second round. So with that being said, uh, the most intriguing team for, for the last uh, seven years uh, in the East is always the team LeBron has been on. And 
They've really sputtered uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, their defense has been absolutely terrible, I think, the last two months. Ever since the All-Star break, uh, terrible teams have been putting up 110, 115 on them. And they just blew, I think, a 26-point lead against the Hawks on Sunday. Going into the fourth quarter, the Hawks scored 44 points on them. And an absolutely terrible loss. And they only ended up winning 51 games. I think the over-under for them was at like 56 they're taking on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, a little subplot to this one. Uh, you got Lance Stevenson, Paul George against, once again facing off against LeBron. And then you have the blowing in the ear fiasco. Maybe that comes to fruition again. Uh, we'll see. Maybe not. But uh, who do you see winning this uh, matchup and in how many games, side? And Paul George has really been playing really well the last um, couple months the last 15 games or so, to be honest. Uh, and the Cavaliers have just been playing terrible, I want to say pretty much all year, uh, at least like since January. Um, but, you know, it, it, you're never going to pick against LeBron. I think they're the most talented team maybe in the whole league. Um, even if they've been playing that terrible, so um, it's time for them to turn on that switch. Uh, you know, I, just because of how terrible they're playing, I can see the Pacers pulling out a couple of games. So I'm going to go Cleveland in six. All right. Uh, so do they have that on and off switch? Is that a dangerous game for them to play? Um, definitely dangerous game to play. All right. Uh... I'm going to go Cleveland in five. I think uh, Cleveland starts taking something seriously uh, now that the playoffs are around. Hopefully, but, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, they've they've kind of done that the last two seasons. So, uh, I, offensively, I don't think it's a problem. I just think defensively, I mean, I don't really – I mean, I've never really been worried about LeBron teams going to the playoffs. I'm a little worried going – with them going to the into the playoffs this season, just because of how bad they've been defensively. So, but uh, with that being said, I don't I don't see uh, LeBron's never lost in the first round in his career. I don't see it happening this season, and I just think they're too overwhelming for for Indiana on a talent from a talent standpoint. Even though, even if you have uh, Lance Stevenson's shenanigans, his mental trying to get in LeBron's head, stuff like that. I, I think Cleveland's talent is too much to overcome offensively, and that'll overcome Indiana ultimately. And I, I'm going to go Cleveland in five. Uh, with that, we'll move into three-six matchup: Toronto Raptors versus the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think? I think uh, if Milwaukee ended up playing Washington or Atlanta, I think they could have taken them. But I think. Toronto is probably the second best team in the East behind the Cavs. Um, with now with Kyle Lowry back and DeMar DeRozan and the addition of Serge Ibaka, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna be a team that gives Cleveland the biggest um, challenge um, here. I, I, I see I see Toronto overwhelming uh, Milwaukee in five. All right, yeah, well, Milwaukee's just a uh, young kind of like awkward type team i mean they have a lot of lo- length but not a lot of experience and toronto a uh, two two great additions in my opinion from a defensive standpoint toughness standpoint in Serge Ibaka and pj tucker 
and then you put those along with their the cornerstones of their franchise franchise for the last uh, three or four years in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, their excellent backcourt, and you have one of the better teams in the East. In my opinion, probably the third best team behind Cleveland and Washington. But uh, I think that second-round series between Cleveland and Toronto is going to be a much better one than that conference finals was last season. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to go Toronto in six, uh, even though uh, I think they are a much better team. I think they're going to give up. I don't see them as a dominating, having a dominating series win over Milwaukee just because I think they're they're known to kind of give up a few games here and there just from past playoff experience. So Toronto in six, uh, I think they're much more talented team than Milwaukee and much more experience. So that will ultimately push them over the edge. So uh, with that, we'll agree on that one. And we'll move into the 4-5 matchup, Washington with home court versus Atlanta. What do you think? Uh, I think John Beal, like Bradley Beal and John Wall, I think they're going to have to show up big. Um, Atlanta is kind of always consistently um, underrated. I think they have the longest playoff. I think they have the longest playoff streak of any team other than the Spurs. So I'm going to go Washington and seven. Okay, Washington in seven. Okay, uh, I think Washington is much better than Atlanta. I just I really love love their backcourt with Wall and Beal, and I think they're very versatile as well. Just because with the addition of Marcus Morris, and then they picked up I think Boyan Bogdanovich in the during the trade deadline, he really spreads the floor for them. Uh, can shoot the three ball, and then Gortat has always been excellent at at the center. I mean, he's not one of the top center star centers in the league, but. Uh, He's a he's a very uh, consistent uh, 13, 14 point guy, seven, eight rebounds a game. You know what you're going to get from him. He's going to play hard. He's going to play tough. He's going to hold the fort down inside in the paint. And then John Wall, uh, super athletic, uh, very long, and he's been playing very well this season. And Bradley Beal has stayed healthy, which has been the the key in my opinion for them. And then Scott Brooks. Uh, Another with another young team in the playoffs, and I think they're going to make a pretty deep playoff run, in my opinion. And I'm going to take Washington to five. I think they're much better than Atlanta. Atlanta just, even though they they beat Cleveland twice the past the past week, I I don't see them as a a big threat to Washington. So with that being said, I think Washington in five is my pick, and we'll we'll. We agreed on all the matchups, but just not in the same amount of games. So should be an exciting set of playoff matchups and playoff action. I always love this time of year. This is the time I really start paying attention and try to watch every game if I can. But uh, with that being said, uh, always a pleasure having you on site. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. Yeah, you know, it'll be an exciting playoff series, like series uh, all around the NBA just hoping someone knocks off the Warriors. I don't want to see them win. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll get into that later in the in the playoffs, but I, I don't think Portland's going to do that. So with that being said, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll, I'll be back in about two weeks to discuss the conference semifinal matchups. 
But uh, with that being said, hope everyone enjoys all the first round action. And uh, thank you once again.